This is Gray Hauser. I just wanted to apologize in advance this week for the audio quality. There's going to be some background noise and some little things like that. Um, we're recording from different locations and we're trying a whole new setup this week. We should have it back to normal next week. But thank you for bearing with us and enjoy the show. Have you heard about Anchor? If not, let me introduce you. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. And you can make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. Whether you have 10 listeners or 10,000 listeners, Anchor will find you sponsors. It's really everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. See you on the other side. Hello and welcome to Monorail News Weekly. This is your host, Gray Hauser. And your co-host, Taylor Thomas. Hey, guys. So this week, we're going to be discussing um, all the news. The person who, um, unfortunately, jumped out of Space Mountain at Disneyland. The annual passes at Shanghai Disneyland. uh, PETA's comments about Bo Peep in Toy Story. And a whole lot more. So let's jump into it. Taylor, I assume you saw that Shanghai Disneyland is going to be offered annual passes now. Yes, first time ever. And this obviously doesn't really apply to us because we're not locals in Shanghai, but what do you think about them requiring to check your uh, identification papers when you go into the park? I mean, it's obviously an important thing for them because it's going to be a I mean, it's not going to be easy for them to execute, so it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. I mean, do you think that was a request of the Chinese government? Because it's not you know, a policy they have in any of their other parks. Right. I mean, probably. I feel like everything over there is influenced more by their government <laughs> than here, so probably... Uh, the tickets do seem to be relatively cheap um, compared to U.S. annual passes. Uh, obviously, the um, the relative wealth of the population is, is lower than it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't look honestly that bad, uh, uh, especially because they have multiple levels. So they have like the Sunday annual pass which gets you in um, on Sundays, most Sundays. Mm-hmm. They have the weekday plus Sunday, which gets you in on the weekdays and Sunday. And they have the any day annual pass. Nope. Um, and you can see blackout dates. Um, and, of course, you also get 20% off dining, uh, 20% off shopping, um, 12 early park entries for your any day pass holders, um, any day pass holders also get shopping and dining discounts in uh, Disney Town, 
Um, and then surprise discounts on the Shanghai Disney Resort hotel room rates and um, discounts for the production of the Mandarin version of Beauty and the Beast. I do wish that we had more options on annual passes here, especially in Florida. You know, right. if you're not a Florida resident, you're basically all in or not. There's there's really not any options for you. What's that noise back there? My cat. <laughs> ah, it's your cat. Okay. <laughs> Please ignore the uh, the cat noises. Um, <laughs> so very tidy cat. She likes to scratch around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Have you seen the newly reimagined uh, Magic of Disney store in the Orlando International Airport? I went there. You went there. Yep. How was it? It was really nice and clean and shiny and new and very open. It's kind of a at a corner. Right. And it's like there are no doors. You just you could walk from like one coming like straight on and then turning the corner just straight through the store. And like the displays are kind of almost out of the store. It just is right. open and inviting and like, please come and touch this merchandise and then buy some of it. And they have some of the popular new merchandise, like the potion purple ears. Yeah. And um, some of your other more popular uh, recent park merchandise. They had the snack collection, the purple collection. Um, some of the new, um, like mini dot stuff and the birthday celebration that they, they had a bunch of stuff. So you think it's a good selection of park merchandise? Oh yeah. And when I came out of the terminal, I was like, I'm going to go find it. And it was literally right in front of my face. <laughs> like when I walked out of terminal B, I was like, I'm going to go find it wherever it is. And then I took like three more steps and I was like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> And speaking of Disney Park merchandise, the Disney store online, ShopDisney.com, is now offering personalized family t-shirts. Like you see people in the parks with like the Hauser family vacation to Disney shirts. 2019. And, uh, and they always look, no offense, unofficial. They, they look very unofficial and you can, they're obviously homemade. Well, now Disney's going to start offering them with official Disney fonts and imagery, and you can customize them right on the Shop Disney website. For a pretty, pretty penny Disney price, but yes, you will be able to get all of those copyrighted images and fonts that otherwise you can't have. Do you think it's worth it? I mean, would you ever do it? Um, well, that's not really my fashion. To have I have to, I have to say I agree. One. But if I was that family, if like a certain character or font was really important to me, I would probably do it because, I mean, it really is hard to get that copyrighted stuff anywhere else because Disney's on top of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, I'm not able to speak to it 100% because that's not something... I would really be into doing anyways, but I know that a bunch of people do it. I mean, you see it everywhere you turn when you're in the parks. Absolutely everywhere. It feels like every fifth person has a, my family's going to Disney world and here's our last name. 
They did. On, and I think a lot of people will do it because it'll be easy, you know? It's right. It's like right there. It's Disney. And, you know, you're already there planning your vacation. And then you go, oh, let me get my shirt, too. You know, kind of like that one-stop shop. Right. So, it's not your style, but you like it. I, I think that Disney is... <laughs> really good at not letting anybody else make money off of their stuff, which I mean, that's their right to do so. And obviously they took note of a growing market of people on Etsy selling <laughs> family vacation shirts. And they said, hold on, we can do that. We'll give you that better. Yeah. So segue now to Epcot, the Flower and Garden Festival mm-hmm. returns this year. It'll be the 26th annual Epcot International Flower mm-hmm. and Garden Festival. It's going to be 90 days long, and guests can look forward to some awesome new events, like the Garden Rock Concert Series, mm-hmm. which is expanding to every single day now. There are going to be 270 concerts throughout the 90 days, featuring returning fan favorites and new fan favorites like The Spinners and Herman's Hermits, starring Peter Nunn. And you can meet people like Kobe Mack, Stephen Curtis Chapman, and Colin Hay of Men at Work. Lots of really cool artists will be coming and performing, and you have plenty of time to see them. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be there the week that it starts. Are you going to do one of these concerts? No. <laughs> um, not anybody on the list that week that I was willing to change my plans for. Because you know I already had my week planned out. Of course. As I, as I do. That's very on, much like you. Based on park hours and, you know, which nights, which parks have extra magic hours and whatnot. Um, and when I looked at the artists, because it starts on a Wednesday and we're there like Monday to Friday. When I looked at the artists for those nights, I was like, no. Nah. I mean, you know, I'll be there one day. I'll get to see the topiaries and stuff, which kind of I like that aspect of that festival. Right. So I'm, I'm happy with seeing that moving on with my evenings but it's impressive that they've got that many performers lined up yeah yeah that's a lot of people to do 270 concerts and i mean i love when they keep that stage you know going with something going yeah um so you'll also be able to experience awesome new culinary dishes at new outdoor kitchens um advent health is going to be hosting a kitchen along with a nearby playground so the whole family can learn fun and interactive ways to stay healthy. Hmm. That certainly seems like an interesting sponsorship. Also, Woody and Buzz Lightyear are going to welcome Bo Peep and her sheep as they join the Toy Story topiary near the family play zone in Future World East. Is that where the... um Reggae Ralph play zone is right now? Possibly. I have no idea. I've never seen this play zone. Okay, so yeah. Last time I was in Epcot, uh, right before Christmas, mm-hmm. we walked past it and I was like, what is that Wreck It Ralph topiary doing over there? And then we got closer and I was like, the whole playground happening over here. It's kind of like if you were walking from Innoventions to um Test Track in this right. like, random spot. 
yeah, that's probably what it is. And they're just going to like change up whatever characters are hosting the playground, at, I guess. That's cool. It's really neat. It was really uh, nice speak- looking too. Speaking of uh, fun, interactive elements, right? Spike's Pollination Exploration. It's going to be a family scavenger hunt that will be enhanced this year with new locations to discover along the Garden Pollination Trail. They're going to have collected merchandise featuring your favorite bee, Spike. Um, and then also you'll be able to enjoy only through the 5th to the 21st the Extravaganza Scavenger Hunt where they're going to have character-themed eggs hidden all around the World Showcase for Easter. I think we should go. <laughs> that sounds super fun to me. An Easter egg hunt. It's an egg extravaganza. Also, beginning similar date, right in the middle of this, April 17th, there's going to be a nine-foot-tall art sculpture made from recycled marine debris to celebrate Disney Nature's Penguins movie. Hmm. Um, this sculpture is going to be created by washedashore.org, um, which is going to be designed to inspire guests to keep our oceans and waterways clear of plastic pollution. I guess they're doing it right then because Earth Day is coming up on April 22nd. Right. right, and typically the Penguins movie or whatever Disney nature movie it is comes out on Earth Day. Yeah. No matter what day of the week that is. Monday. Monday, which is a weird day for a movie to come out. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the people for the ethical treatment of animals. I know this isn't our typical fare, but they did something Disney-related lately. Did you see about this? Mm-hmm. Pia, their um, Miss Laura Thomason, Pia's manager of animals in film and television, recently penned a statement criticizing Bo Peep's quote unquote badass new look. Quote Given that she was designed to have a modern look, why hasn't she lost? that outdated and cruel crook. You may not know that these shepherd crooks are used solely to hook a sheep's necks and force these gentle creatures to move. That isn't something a progressive Bo Peep would endorse in 2019. A badass Bo Peep would likely bop the shearers, not the sheep. Surely you can agree that a symbol of domination over any animal is a thing of the past and not something that belongs in Toy Story 4. Won't you please consider removing Bo Peep's crook from the final animation? Absolute lunacy. I mean, you have to wonder what this woman's typical day <laughs> Is like, <laughs> this, this is what has caught her attention. And I mean, I get it that organizations like that, like, look for these kinds of things that could garner a lot of media attention. But at the same time, you go, is that really the best use of your time? Well, I mean, honestly, it's better than some of the other stuff Pete has been doing mm-hmm. because they're reported to have euthanasia kits. You see, supposedly, 
According to these reports, PETA believes that any animal in captivity is better off dead. So they'll take stray cats and dogs and euthanize them. Now, they don't tell this to most of their supporters, but the most hardcore members of their group are aware of this and might even actively participate. There are some thick, sick people who work at PETA. Minor News, we reached out to PETA about this comment, and they told me that they haven't heard back from the director of Twister 4 regarding their Bo Peep letter yet, mm-hmm. but they remain hopeful. Mm-hmm. They said this oh, new Bo Peep needs to kick ass for sheep. Yeah, but, I mean, okay, PETA, okay. <laughs> You can go to monroenews.com and read their full statement so you can really read for yourself the insanity. Again, like, really, this is how you're spending your time, Peter? It's better than euthanizing cats. It's better than that, but yeah, it's great. It's just so, it's so far-fetched. It's just an outcry for media attention. Of course. I mean, did you know that they operate kill shelters? No. They operate shelters, right? But they get their shelters really odd hours, so no one ever comes by to visit the animals, right? And to adopt animals. And then if they don't get adopted, which they won't because of the insane hours, they euthanize them. Mm. They put them down. I have nothing but I I detest PETA. I hate them. They hang it on by a thread, whoever's running them now. I mean, you hardly ever hear anybody talk about them, or if it is news, it's not ever positive news. <sighs> I'm sorry. An organization get- gone astray. Yeah, they've definitely strayed from their original mission. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is that the average person goes, oh, I like PETA. I think ethical treatment for animals is great. Right. And yeah, it is. But PETA is insane. PETA's insane. I could go on about this all day. I'm just going to stop now and <laughs> move on to our next story. Okay. Whew. Hollywood Studios' early morning magic breakfast is going to be moved. Did you hear about this? I read, but I didn't read where they're moving it because it was in the ABC commissary, right? Right. It's going to be moved to the uh, Backlot Express area. Okay. A little uh, further away there from (laughs) Toy Story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but apparently they're looking to, like, do some sit-down stuff maybe at the ABC commissary ahead of Star Wars land. Oh. So we'll see. Yeah, clear. We'll see. Didn't you do the the early morning there? No, I did the after hours. You did after hours. It's absolutely fantastic. Everyone should do it. I've heard great things about the early morning. I I rode Tower of Terror like five times. That's my dream. In Rock and Roller Coaster. (laughs) In a row. No wait. Okay, they had such a little wait that they kept the library and the Aerosmith pre-show room just open. Mm -hmm. And you could just walk right through. It was awesome. Oh, I don't think the I don't think the 
the morning ad- event has been not successful, but I also don't think it's probably sold as much as they want it to. No. Um, but I think it will continue to do better and better just the more that people find out about it. Cause I'm sure it's still a big majority of people out there that just don't even know right. what it is yet. I mean, I think the after hours is much easier to market to people because people are already in the park and you're like, why are these people staying in the park? Right. I want to get in on that. Right. But the average person isn't waking up at 7 a.m. and waiting at the park gate and going, why are those people going in? I want to get in on that. But I mean, you'd be surprised um, just from having, you know, friends with kids or hearing you know, families talk with young kids. They they right. up early, and they're not they're not going to make it for after hours because that kid's right long as seven p.m. So there's there's a big market out there for the early morning stuff. They've just got to get the word out to right everybody and let them know it's an option. <laughs> so the Skyway gondolas have started testing. <gasps> so okay, I was not excited about them at all. I still think it's an interesting choice, but because I'm going in March, I really want to get on one. Uh, they're probably not going to be open. I know, but I just like Disney fan fall. And yeah. fall typically means December if you're at Disney. Here at the hotel and be like, hi, I'm checked in, staying here all week. I just wanted to let you know if they need any guinea pigs little testers <laughs> in the gondolas because I'm saying art of animation. Um, yeah, I, I'm ready. Here's my cell phone number. Just, you know, if you need anybody, just give me a call. You're ready. And you know what I'm ready for? A quick break. Yeah. We'll be right back. Okay. Thank you so much for hanging in there through that quick little break. We're right back now. And we're going to talk about, I think, the most... Scary news that I've read in regards to Disney parks in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a 20-year-old uh, who had some cognitive disabilities managed to jump out of Space Mountain at Disneyland while the ride was moving. Thankfully, he wasn't injured. He walked himself to first aid. From first aid, they took him to the hospital. And at the hospital, they found nothing was wrong with him. We don't know his name because the police didn't get to file a report because there was no injury. The ride closed and may still be closed per the state government of California while they do investigations and see how this could have happened. Mm-hmm. That was um, when I first read a headline about this, I like did a double take and I was like, what? And I had to like reread it twice to make sure I was reading it correctly. Cause I was like, there's no way. What do you mean? But apparently there was some way. I mean, it doesn't feel possible. No. When you're in Space Mountain, I, I just can't see how you maneuver yourself out of the vehicle without moving the lap bar, which apparently he didn't. It's it's crazy. I mean, and 
I, I've never been offended by it, but I've never felt like the people that come around and check you are very gentle. Like they all give a good push on that lap bar. Yeah. Make sure that it's down far enough. And if they don't think it, you know, sometimes they even going to push it one more where you're like, (laughs) my organs are being squeezed, but okay, I'm going to make it. And I mean, I I imagine that that's just going to become more, more stringent. Uh huh. Right with this having happened. Or, I mean, surely they've got like surveillance footage of. Absolutely. I'm sure they do. And so they would notice if it was, you know, a slip up from the loading procedure in the cast member. Right. Whatever, not making sure the lap bar was, you know, further enough, far enough pushed down. And I'm sure we'll learn more. But until then, we just have to wait and make sure maybe you click that lap bar down. Yeah. One extra click. Just to be, just, just to be safe. As I can't, I really can't imagine. And those ride vehicles anyways, besides the lap bar, like your legs pretty much go underneath the seat in front of you. Like you're pretty, pretty sandwiched in there. I don't know. I mean, so I do have some uh, some good news. It's that VIP Pass Holder Night yeah. is returning to Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Can you take a friend? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's on the 26th and the 21st of this month and next month, respectively. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. It's kind of like after hours, mm-hmm. but just for annual pass holders. And they apparently keep it very limited. So you can just get on whenever you want to get on and do a lot. Do you uh, have important. to like, um, sign up in advance? You do. And you can only do one. Ah. Only one per park or one total? One of these two events. You pick your park. Oh. Uh, but Epcot will have act. You will have access to the festival marketplaces, as well as the attractions and the character greetings. Mm-hmm. Um, it is important to note that, um, in addition to your annual pass card, you're also going to need to present your photo ID at check-in. Right. That makes sense. But other than that, it looks awesome. And I wish I were in town. You should go. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Rock and Roller Coaster at Disneyland Paris. Okay. It's going to close in September to become an Iron Man-themed coaster. So interesting. It's going to be the first part, or the second part, actually, I think, because the Ant-Man ride comes out next month in Hong Kong. Um, but it will be the part of the big global Marvel expansion mm-hmm. that's happening all across the world. That includes the Guardians coaster at Epcot, the Marvel Land with supposedly a new Spider-Man ride, and mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at California Adventure. Um, the... Marvel Universe is going to come to pretty much every Disney park or every Disney resort globally. I have a question. Yeah. 
How long does Universal get to keep their indefinitely? So that will just stay. They'll have their Spider-Man and Hulk, no matter what. Yes, unless Disney can buy them out of the contract. Huh? That's so. It's so interesting to me because there's always been such a stark difference between Disney and everywhere else. I mean, but now they're going to own The Simpsons when they buy Fox, you know? Yeah. They're going to own a lot of properties that are in-universal. People that were already confused are going to be even more confused. Yeah, people people are going to go from asking, where's the Harry Potter land at Magic Kingdom? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To, where are the Guardians when they're at Universal? It's like, I mean, I'm excited. I like, I like all the Marvel stuff. I love the Marvel universe. And I think that, obviously, I think that Disney will do a great job with all of the rides. Of course. I just think it's interesting to see. Is it just such a different franchise from anything Disney has ever had to me? Right. It's completely, it's more gritty. It's 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 made for an older audience. I mean, there's no pixie dust. No, not at all. <laughs> like, I mean, I like it. I like I like it. I'm a, I'm happy about it. So, so really speaking of something that doesn't have any pixie dust, what? Star Wars. Yep, none. Now, what's really cool is is that before we get to go to Black Spire Outpost. On the planet at the edge of the galaxy, but two. We're going to get to read about it mm-hmm. in various books and comics. So they're going to have um, a Marvel Star Wars comic. It's going to be a mini series. Issue number one is coming out April 24th. It's going to go in to Doc Ondar. Um, he's a proprietor of rare and one of a kind antiques. He might also have something to do with the Millennium Falcon. I don't know. I heard that. Mm. There's also going to be a novel that's going to come out after Disneyland's land opens, but before Walt Disney World's land opens. It's going to be called Black Spire. It's going to be written by Delia S. Dawson, a New York Times bestselling author, and that will come out on the 3rd of September. It's going to be a prequel to the experience you'll be having. It'll be General Leia will dispatch her top spy to Batuu in a desperate search for resistance allies. All the things. And then a young adult novel will be coming out called The Crash of Fate. It'll be available on August 6th. It is about well I'll just read you this I'll just read you the synopsis. Okay. In his young adult novel, Izzy and Jules were best friends until Izzy's family abruptly left Fat Two when she was six. Now she's back. And Jules, the boy who never left, is unsure of what to make with her. While on the run from vengeful smugglers and an angry pirate, the two friends will come to terms with who they are and what they mean to each other. 
So it seems like a, a cool kind of coming of age story mm-hmm. set in the Star Wars universe. I mean, that's what you give the young adults. I mean, it's, I hope and it, it won't be, but I can only hope it's as, I don't want to say dirty, but maybe as, as real as something like Catcher in the Rye, right? I hope yeah. they don't, you know. Put too much pixie dust on it? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, in, in Catcher in the Rye, there is swearing and there's exploration of sexuality and things that, you know, are, are really a part of, of growing up mm-hmm. for most people. And I don't think you can write an effective coming of age story, even one in a galaxy far, far away without touching on that. Well, it sounds like they've gotten a good writer on board to do it. So hopefully, you know, they'll bring those elements to the table. We can only hope. So, and lastly, um, another book is coming out, Star Wars Myths and Fables. It's going to be illustrated. It's written by George Mann. It's coming out on the 6th of August. It's going to be for middle graders um, or middle schoolers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about thrilling space tales, fables, and myths that you hear if you live in a galaxy far, far away. And two of these myths take place on the Outer Rim planet of Batu. They fell so, in all the blanks. That's even interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. that fills out the Star Wars universe, right? Like to us, the excuse me, the you know, the Star Wars stories are these almost modern day fables, right? It's going to be interesting to see what sort of fables are told to children in the Star Wars universe. I love that kind of stuff. It's like lore and world building. Yes. And I just think it's great. I do too. I'm glad that they're... I I mean, not that I thought they wouldn't, but really filling in the story all around not just in the park and you know when you're there but making sure that there's because I think for people who are real Star Wars fans you know part of it is that you have so much story you have so many characters and places and storylines you know to be a fan of it's not just this one thing so to keep adding on to that I think is definitely the right way to do it. Now this, this is going to be very important for when Galaxy's Edge opens. And that's the closing of these loopholes in the FastPass Plus system. Mm-hmm. Well, as we all know, Disney World Resort guests are allowed to book Fast Passes up to 60 days in advance. But we've now learned that some guests abuse the system by 
making a Fastpass reservation with a resort reservation and then canceling because there's a 30 day grace period and you can keep your Fastpass bookings. Crazy. When I read this, I was like, man, I planned a lot of Disney vacations and I have never thought about doing that. <laughs> I mean, that's some stuff that it. Uh, I mean, it's a loophole, right? And I don't, I don't think I can fault you for finding a flaw with the system and exploiting it, right? Because it's not technically against the rules. But I'm very happy that they're fixing this loophole. Me too. And I feel like, I hate to say this, and I could be totally wrong, but I feel like it had to be some kind of like group of vacation planners that figured out how to do this. And like, I just don't feel like normal people sitting at home were the ones taking advantage of this. I mean, there are certain shows, uh, there's a podcast that I won't name, that traffics in this um, this underworld kind of dark seedy, you know, stuff you can do to game the system at Disney parks. I mean, I'm all adva- like all for taking advantage of things that they make available to you and figuring out the best way to do things, but to, I mean, that's just to me like that's too much. Really, you're going to book the resort, go through the whole thing, you know, get your fast passes, and then cancel your resort? Yes. You know, get, I I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't feel like it's regular people at home doing it. I feel like it would have been. Surely, right. Vacation planners and people who plan these Disney vacations often. Right. But come on. And honestly, it's hard enough at 60 days because of the way it works where your window opens 60 days before your first day of check-in. So if, you know, I'm going to check in on a Monday, well, all the people who were checking in on Saturday and Sunday for that week got their window open a day or two days before me. So even though right. I'm looking 60 days out, I'm, I'm the loser Right. Because those people checking in on Saturday and Sunday were really the only winners. And, and I know why that's done, because you, know, you don't want to get up at 5 a.m. for like five that days in a row. <laughs> so I think it's a worthy trade-off. Yeah. But what do I know? Now, I love the Yacht Club and the Beach Club. Right, They're awesome hotels. And now mm-hmm. they're going to be even more awesome because Disney is testing in-room smart speakers mm-hmm. like Alexa and Google Assistant right in your room. Now, we don't know which one they're using or if they're using something proprietary. But, 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 but what we do know is that they're going to plug right into my Disney experience and be able to give you park hours, what time the bus is leaving, Maybe even your reservations and mm-hmm. personal fast pass bookings, things yeah. like that. It's going to be awesome. And of course, if you're worried about your privacy, you can opt out and the devices will be turned off. 
This is really exciting, but at the same time, you know what it makes me think? What? Like, can you please improve the My Disney Experience app before you try to start linking it to Alexa? Or whoever? Maybe I mean, this Alexa service will be even better, though. Maybe so, and maybe that's the key to the future. I don't know, but My Disney Experience is great, but it needs some significant help. It we can be trying even, to use it at times. I mean, we could talk for the next hour about its problems. But I like it better than having nothing at all. Well, yeah. And it's got some really great tools and features. And I understand that it has to deal with, a you know, a crazy amount of traffic. But you're Disney. You know? Hire, the Hire best. somebody to figure it Hire out. Hire the best. <laughs> figure out the app. Please don't tell me it's not able to load or tell me that I've got fast passes booked for one person instead when I know it's two. It just it tries to play tricks on your mind. So speaking <laughs> of messing with your mind, your recent article about eating your way around Disney Springs really – not me in a tizzy. Tell me about that. What was that? What, what was that That like? Give me your that, review. That was like a serious stomachache later that evening. <laughs> but it was really good. Um, I've been wanting to try Chicken Guy because I really have heard nothing but great things since it opened. So was finally, it awesome? Finally got over there. It it was good. Um, so I'm from the land of Raising Cane's. I came from the land of Zaxby's. I mean, there's good chicken tenders all over. And I won't say that this was the best chicken tender I've ever had. Wait, wait, wait let me clarify for our listeners who aren't Southerners in, in the Southeast. <laughs> there are a lot of chicken tender chains. Okay. Yeah. We have Raising Cane's, which has their famous Raising Cane's lemonade. Okay, we have Zaxby's, which has chicken tenders and also their famous Zaxby's lemonade. <laughs> you might be noticing a pattern here. Um, There's some lemonade and sauces. And on and on it goes. But go back to what you're saying. Um, Guy Fieri jumped on the train and opened a spot in Disney Springs. <laughs> which um, is also in the Southeast U.S. Yes. Uh an interesting chicken tender. It was good, but it wasn't like it was chicken tender. The loaded Mac Daddy fries. Oh, they were so good. Oh, the mac and cheese. Sorry, not fries. Loaded Mac Daddy mac and cheese. That was at the chicken guy? Yes. Awesome. It, was, it had little pieces of their chicken on it. It had bacon, chives, and a bunch of their super melty cheese sauce. That, if I went back, I would be going back to get that. And it was a huge portion. It was a shareable size. Um, And it was really good. Then I went back to the Wolfgang Puck, the new Wolfgang Puck, the bar and grill that opened. Wasn't that awesome? I only heard good things. Right across from Chicken Guy. Um, I, yeah, only heard great things. Didn't eat the food, but they have their gelato window. You just walk up to it. Ooh. And I had been before to get the margarita, and this I went back and tried a different cocktail. Because they make them, they have a whole list of cocktails that they make with sorbets. They're sorbets. Mm. Um, it was really good. 
Really? really? Sweet, but really good. A little pricey, but really good. Um, but what isn't it, Disney? Right. And it was big. I, I, I wouldn't complain about the price. Um, let's be real here. Counter service, I think, is the worst value in the park. And I, that's not saying it's a bad value, but I think when you consider for what you get, the price you pay, I think you get more bang for your buck at a signature restaurant. Most right. places. There's some counter service locations that I think are a, an exception to what you just said, but the majority of them, I would agree. I mean, I think you, know, you pay $10 for a burger at Cosmic Ray's. That's a pretty expensive burger. You probably paid $13 for that burger. Well, maybe $13. <laughs> but you go to Tiffin's and you mm-hmm. pay $60 for a steak, filet, right? Mm-hmm. That's in line with other nicer steakhouses. Right. Right. So. Yep. Um, chicken guy was. Crumbles, I guess. Chicken guy was very reasonably priced you know like i think about twelve dollars for a combo yeah chicken fries and drink not bad um but other especially it's worse in the parks but some of those counter service in disney springs too um but so yeah just have the cocktail at wolfgang pucks which is nice because it's just the window so you just walk up and get it and go right super easy and i was there on a friday night and i I don't know that I haven't been there like on a weekend night in a while or so, but it was, it was popping. And there was like, Disney had set up bars all over. Like I could have gotten a beer every 20 steps. They just had like little temporary bar setups. I mean, Disney Springs, a lot of stuff to do. It's ginormous. It is a park. I, I think in and of itself. Yeah. And they had, there was, I saw like two different DJs, a man on like a piano that was like a bicycle. I don't know how to explain it. Um, he was rolling around playing music. There was another girl with a guy playing guitar, singing out in another area. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff going on. And I mean, I mean, to me with Disney Springs, right? The old thing about you can see everything you want to see in four days is no longer true. Nope. You need five days because you need to add that extra day for Disney Springs. Yeah. And I love I love Disney Springs. Um, I'm also a shopper, so it's easy for me to hang out there all day. But you could also eat there all, all day. day long, right? Like, you could probably stay and just eat at Disney Springs every meal for a week. And I really do recommend people to do like what we did last time we were there. We kind of did like a progressive meal. Yes. We went one place and had appetizers and went another place and had some small plates. Um, if you want to be able to try, cause there's so many options. There are really so many good options. Try some, instead of going and having three courses in one place, I mean, which is totally fine to do too. But if you find yourself being like, oh, I can't really decide, like, do we want to eat here? Or do we want to eat there? We've only got, you know, one meal in Disney Springs. What are we going to do? 
go have appetizers in one place, walk around, go have your main course somewhere else, walk around, and then you've got about 20 different places to decide on your dessert. And okay. frankly, okay, you like to do in the Hunger Games, okay? Go throw up <laughs> and eat more. I literally, okay, so at the end of the night, we went to um, the gelato place, Vivoli, and I got this ridiculously large sundae that had red velvet cake and Oreos, and I got to pick the gelato and quip and try, I mean, and in a waffle cone bowl, like it was massive, and I ate the whole thing. <laughs> I shared a little bit of it with my friend, but I pretty much ate the whole thing. And then I really wanted to get, I knew Sprinkles had those cereal topped cupcakes. Right. And I've really been wanting to try one. So I was going to get one to take home to eat later. Right. I walked in Sprinkles for about 30 seconds and then I had to walk out because I was like, if I stand in here for another minute and smell this smell, like I think I might be sick. Sprinkles think, smells delicious when you're not stuffed. Yes. And it still didn't, it didn't smell bad, but I was just like, I was already diabetic. I was so full of sugar that I could consume no more. But I saw the cereal topped cupcakes and they looked good, but I just couldn't do it. Taylor, I'm glad you had fun <laughs> at Disney Springs. I survived all my food and it was delicious. I'm sure it was. Now, let me tell our listeners about Anchor. Okay, Anchor is awesome. If you go to Anchor, you download it. It's free. On iOS and Android, you just go to your app store, search Anchor, and you could submit audio messages to this show to be played on the show. Right? You go to the app, you open it, you search Monorail News Weekly, you record a quick video message. You send it off. And we can take like voice messages on the show. It's really cool. You have to have Anchor to do it. Also, through Anchor, if you like the show and you want to drop us a little tip, you can do that. You can become a supporter. Right now, we don't have any additional content for you, but... When, if Anchor adds the ability to put out like exclusive episodes, we'll absolutely do that. It's really easy and really fun. So don't forget to record an audio message and listen to us on Anchor or wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, everywhere. Thank you so much for listening this week. We'll see you next Saturday. And have a great, big, beautiful rest of the week.